0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, a San Francisco treat. BYU basketball ends the losing streak to USF. So why was head coach Mark Pope not celebrating?
1: With three weeks to go, BYU's in sole possession of second place in the WCC, but will they hold that into Vegas?
0: Plus, enter if you dare, a new hope for BYU football to finally end the nine-game losing streak to Utah. Let's go! This is
2: BYU
0: Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio now from Studio B here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan BYU Sports Nation is live your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere happy Monday February 10th wherever and however you're connected great to have you with us I am Spencer Linton Teamed up with the man who watched an estimated 12 hours of XFL football over the weekend, Jerem Jordan.
1: I watched about a quarter of the first game, just out of sheer boredom, and uh, it was okay. Yeah, but how about our guy Colby Pearson caught a touchdown pass? That's pretty cool.
0: Let's go New York Guardians. A potential rise and shout-out nominee, but hey, so not 12 hours, more like 12 minutes.
1: Yeah, more like 12. Yeah. I was putting my kitchen sink back in and I threw it on in the background. Yeah.
0: It's good background noise.
1: Yeah. Especially when I'm doing something that I don't know how to do, like (laughs) put in a kitchen sink. But I feel like I know how to do it now.
0: Now That's the thing that took you 12 hours, right? Putting in the kitchen sink.
1: No. No, kitchen sink's not hard. (laughs) Don't be intimidated. That one's not hard.
0: Here is today's show lineup. Please watch for more than 12 minutes. Steve Cleveland on why BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope was so frustrated after a 14 point win over San Francisco. Are the Cougars going to be nationally ranked in college hoops, by the way? We're
1: waiting. Like, we're seconds, moments away from the AP poll. There's a chance BYU's in. They're probably going to be just out. That's my guess.
0: Yeah, the refresh button is being hit uh, every other second in the control room right now. (laughs) Crack research team is on it. Plus, a stat that's providing new hope for BYU football and their rivalry game woes. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yep, BYU basketball beats San Francisco. Revenge after losing three straight. Final score 90 to 76. Yoli Childs had a season high 32 points, six rebounds, two assists, and a block. And this dagger three late.
1: TJ to Yo, top of the key, open three. He takes it, he yeah. makes it!
0: So, Yoli played well. His buddy Gavin Baxter made his season debut. Goodbye redshirt year. The Cougars are all in. Some other fun facts. TJ Haas now tied second all-time with Jonathan Tavernari behind Jimmer Fredette for career games with three-plus three-pointers. He's breaking records all over the place at this point. BYU shot 55.6% from the field. That's the ninth straight game the Cougars have been over 50%. Tying wild. a school record. Not done yet. BYU set a new season record for most games with 10 or more threes. They've done it 14 times this season. Up next at Loyola Marymount this Thursday.
1: Number two men's volleyball beats number eight Pepperdine in four sets. For the match. Gardini, right. yes. And that'll do it. And BYU is 12-0, tying the second-best start in program history. So far, so good. The pin-hitting trio of Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, the aforementioned Davide Gardini, or David Garden, and Zach Eschenberg combined for 36 kills. Woo! It's the 100th win for Sean Olmstead, by the way, joining Carl McGowan as the only two head coaches with 100-plus at BYU. just play at for-profit University Grand Canyon Friday night.
0: Elise Romney sets the school record for the pole vault at 4.31 meters and wins that pole vault competition at Jackson's Nike Boise indoor meet.
1: And who is Elise Romney? Baylor Romney's wife.
0: That is correct.
1: Actually, Baylor is Elise Romney's husband. That's what I would say.
0: Power couple. Power couple. Uh, A Y Awards thing. Tom Homo brought that back on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, Track and field will go to Seattle for the Husky Classic and the Texas Tech shootout in Lubbock, Texas. Both meets going down on February 14th and 15th.
1: At number 16, gymnastics put up a 196-625, the third straight meet with the 196+, plus, defeating Sacramento State. On the floor, the Cougars posted a season-high 49-425. Shannon Evans won the all-around with the 39-375 in her first all-around of the season. Googers are back on BYU TV Saturday at 9 Eastern
0: against Boise State. The Jim Turnett was going nuts. Dude, BYU is in real position to make nationals for the first time since 2004. They've the awesome. regionals. They've had an All-American in Shannon Evans. The team's trying to do something they haven't done in more than 15 That's years. Great, man. Yeah. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living.
1: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU basketball coach Mark Pulp was anything but satisfied after Saturday's 90-76 BYU Hoops win over San Francisco, a team they had lost to three straight times. Up big, but then there's this weird trend that's been happening when BYU gets a big lead. So here's insight into why he's not all smiles. You don't get a chance all the time at this point in the season to think man we could really actually turn into a really really special team and accomplish great things. And so that's why that 15 minutes is so painful cuz it's not who we are. It's not our locker room. That's not how we approach this game. You know, we don't we don't get cavalier and we don't get we don't get comfortable. We, we, we have for us to have a, be a special team, we have to get way better and we don't have that much time to do it. Are you more impressed with BYU basketball getting to a 25-point lead against San Francisco. I mean, blowing the doors off the building at one point or more concerned about letting that lead slip down to seven points in the final minutes.
1: I'm uh, impressed BYU won the game. uh, I'm not a coach. I'm not a player. I'm not as worried about, um, you know, some of those things. BYU ends up winning by 14. Yes, the lead gets down to seven late. Um, BYU got a 25-point lead. Cool. BYU wins by 14. That was a... Pretty comfortable win in the end, right? There was a spell where it got weird, but that's all right. Stuff gets weird. Everyone's life has a moment where it gets weird. BYU won by 14. I'm not, I'm not stressed uh, about that um, in the same way, right? Obviously, Mark Pope is saying, listen, we could be a team that's special, and this is never a game, and we're going to need to do that. Um, but that didn't happen Saturday. I I think it's okay. I think San Francisco's a a decent team, right? They're just outside the top 100. It's not like it was LMU or San Diego who BYU will play this week. Those are teams you should put away by more than uh, 14 in the end. But but well-played game by BYU. Nice shooting night. Yoli Childs was fantastic. One of his best games in the season. BYU wins by 14. I ain't
0: ain't worried. Yeah, most of it was really, really good for BYU basketball. Um, In terms of the trend of letting big leads kind of go away, there is some concern there because BYU dated against San Francisco. They uh, have watched leads slip away against a few other teams, uh, notably Boise State, Utah. So there is that trend, or it's like, oh man, can they just keep the pedal to the metal? And
1: just well, they're not going to win by forty. No, you know what I mean.
0: No. But they wanted to against San Francisco. I can promise you that after hearing all week long that they had lost three straight to the Dons. They won by 14. Whatever. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, with you. It's a good. G- good win. Good win. But th- that's the one thing about this team is they have – this isn't just a one-time thing where they've watched a big lead kind of disappear. So Just
1: don't get the big lead, and then no one will notice <laughs> or care. You know what I mean? Like, what – We're always going to complain about something. Well, the coaches need to, right? Yeah, They're they're going to coach them up. You want me to get the big league later in the game? What do you
0: you want? I never felt nervous about BYU losing the game. When it got to seven, it
1: was like, oh, okay, this is a game right now. ah, With two and a
0: half or something. Then then Yoli Childs and Jake Toulson hit back-to-back threes and the game's over.
1: Yeah. And that's what you do when you're the best shooting team in the country. So that's I'm what BYU is. You remember how I've complained, by the way, about we should be the best shooting religion in the world because we have gyms in the churches it's done. Right, in the U.S.? It's done. It happened. Yeah. Hey, the annex is worth it, right? It is happening. The first couple of years, no. Now it's
0: yes. So safe to say, collectively, we're we're more impressed with the win. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. By the way, yeah, whatever. <laughs> the means do matter, but BYU won by 14. 14. All it's all good. Topic two, here we sit with three weeks to go in the regular season. BYU is up a game on St. Mary's and Pacific, by the way, for third place in the West Coast Conference. So here's the question. Will the Cougars keep this one-game lead all the way into Vegas and be the 2 seed?
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm 100% all in. We're riding the tournament train. BYU is going to finish second in the West Coast Conference and it doesn't matter at that point what happens in Vegas. If they have a double buy into the semifinals, they're in the tournament. Yes, it's just, just a, a matter situation of seating. No, correct. Yeah. BYU yeah. obviously wants to win the semifinal and have a shot at Gonzaga in the Gonzaga Invitational and just maybe pull a stunner of stunner down there and do mm-hmm. what St. Mary's did and bump the seating line up a few. But BYU, if they finish second... They're in the tournament. They lose the semifinal. They're probably like a 10 seed. Whatever. Yeah. They're in the tournament. If they just finish second, they're going to do it. They will win two games on the road this week. They will beat Santa Clara at home. Who knows what happens against Gonzaga. The Zags are a three-point favorite right now in Provo. Only three. That's it. That's After beating St. Mary's
1: by 30. Dude, I watched most of that game. Gonzaga is so beeping good. They are... <laughs> <laughs> amazing, right? They are so good. Okay, this just in. BYU not ranked in the top 25 poll. Oh. They're four out. So BYU ranked 29th? Yeah. Maybe next week, dude. Maybe next week. BYU's ranked. Two impressive keep going. road
0: wins. Yeah. Number 16 in Kim Palm. They're number 23 in the net.
1: Yeah, LMU and San Diego would not be impressive road wins. Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, I'm saying if they win with if style. They win, t- they win with style because they're kind of on the radar for yeah. some people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, to answer the question, will the Cougars keep the one-game lead and have Tuesday? Yes. I don't see BYU losing another non-St. Zaga, okay? Uh, LMU, San Diego, non-impressive road wins this week. Santa Clara at home, Gonzaga at Pepperdine. At Pepperdine's the one that's like, okay, be aware of that one. But BYU should go to LMU and go to San Diego this week and win those and maybe be ranked, right? St. Mary's loss at Pacific and then subsequently against Santa Clara – Those are going to cost them the two seed. They are. Um, If BYU loses one of these and gets into a tie, now it gets weird, right? And the San Francisco loss might be the undoing of BYU on the road. But I think BYU will keep the two seed, and I'm with you. We're going to go into Vegas stress-free, going, you know what? It's just a seeding situation now. Status locked. And I would rather BYU be like an 11 than an 8. So at that point, it's like, okay, is BYU going to be a 7? Because here's what's going to happen. BYU is going to be tied on a seed line. And then there's going to be a situation where ah, Sunday play and the, the tourney will, uh, committee will drop them a line or two uh-huh. to, to situationally put them in a Thursday-Saturday thing. So it's almost like it doesn't matter what you seed in. In fact, if they get as high as like a six, they would drop to a seven, like an eight anyway. With this kind of maneuvering, there's a program they use and they punch it in and sure. all this. So it's like, just go into Vegas If you beat St. Mary's, great. See if you can't win the tourney. That'd be amazing. It's going to be stress free. It the next five games are really important.
0: Yeah, and I need to correct myself. You brought this up with me. The tournament is not beholden to Thursday, Saturday sites for seeding. Um, Right. So I had a misunderstanding there. However, it's all dependent on what the number one seeds are and where they play. And right now, I still think Gonzaga and Spokane and the other three number one seeds will play in Friday-Sunday brackets, which means I don't think BYU will end up on the 8-9 seed line, which I love. That'd be great. Which I love. I hate that game. I'll take yeah. a 7-10 one million times out of a million over the 8-9 game.
1: Yes, yes.
0: 7-10,
1: 6-11. That's where BYU wants to be. I'd even take 5-12, frankly, as a 12. <gasps> but yeah. BYU's too good to be a 12 right now.
0: Too good, yeah. yeah they're too good to be they, a 12. They, they're yeah. floating around the 7, maybe 6 area if they keep winning. Holy cow. Yeah, bracket metric says eight, so right there. On to BYU football, and there is a new hope. With this statistic on the horizon, Utah, of all 130 Division I college football teams, returns the least amount of production in the country. They were all in. They've got nine guys in the NFL combine.
1: Yeah, BYU has zero. Zero.
0: They had eight <laughs> defenders <laughs> leave the program that are going to be in the NFL next year. And then well, Zach, Moss is, Zach Moss is the one offensive player. So uh, there is good, maybe, in that BYU is going to be taking on a very unproven team. Jerem, does U- the fact that Utah returns the least amount of production in the NCAA, uh, NCAA make you think that this is the year they end the streak? No.
1: I am jaded beyond belief with the nine-game losing streak. BYU hasn't even accidentally won one. Mm. Just lucked into one. Uh, No, although the stat is very intriguing. Um, Just because you're replacing a bunch of guys doesn't mean the guys behind them suck. And just because you return a bunch of guys doesn't mean they're going to get better. What if your team stunk, but you return everyone? That's actually a bad thing. Right, Everyone acts like returning starters is, is amazing. It's not always amazing. BYU does have something to prove. It's game one. It's on the road. Could BYU win it? Yes. Will I be surprised? Yes, because I feel so <laughs> jaded with this. I just, I just don't see it until it happens. And certainly uh, Utah is at a higher level of recruiting and talent than they've ever been. They're getting guys they wouldn't get normally because they're in the Pac-12 and it's going to be year 10. It's been a whole generation, right, of, of kids that uh, are now going to Utah because they didn't get into USC, but they still want to play in the Pac-12. And Utah is quality. Kyle Whittingham's a great coach, right? Um, does it give me hope? Sure. Do I, does it mean BYU's going to win?
0: No. More than two years ago on this program, I said the best chance for BYU to end the losing streak in the near future is in 2020 because... Pull the tape! Utah would lose so much talent. I didn't say they would do it. I said...
1: You said they will, and you shave your
0: head. The best chance that <laughs> BYU has to end the streak is in 2020. It's no mystery that Utah is losing so much talent, but it's in Salt Lake City. And how much do we put stock into Zach Wilson after an up-and-down season last year, although he was coming off shoulder surgery and had a broken thumb... Uh, there are a lot of really interesting factors in this game. Does BYU have more experience, more? Yes, but that doesn't mean they're the better team. Doesn't mean they have more talent, not necessarily. But yeah, what, it, it, are they yeah. the best team on that day to open the season against what's going to be a young-ish Utah team? So I still think the best chance that BYU has to end the streak is in 2020. I'm not ready to say that it's going to happen. Though.
1: Yeah, and they may not even be young. They could be juniors and seniors. They just haven't played. They haven't started, right? Yeah.
0: By the way, uh, how many days are we away from Utah? Oh, boy. Countdown to the youths.
1: I love that we've avoided doing this. Um, There will come a point where it becomes more interesting, but look at that number. We're almost to 200.
0: 206 days away from September 3rd, and Devontae Henry Cole wearing a BYU uniform and returning to his old Mm. stomping grounds. That is
1: an interesting storyline, right? As we kind of get (laughs) to know him and see how good he is and what kind of uh, production he could give BYU. That's a huge storyline, obviously, going into that game in September.
0: It's a loaded Monday. BYU basketball is on the cusp of being nationally ranked for the first time in a very long time. So, will BYU basketball be ranked in the final AP poll of the season? Buying into that, why or why not? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Burr's try on Twitter says... Yes, especially if Jerem Jordan picks BYU over Gonzaga 17 plus hashtag reverse, reverse curse hashtag reverse, BYU. reverse
1: curse. Now it's getting confusing. That's some inception <laughs> stuff right there. Yeah, sh- didn't I do that last year? What? Gonzaga set by 17 plus in an attempt to
0: reverse curse? Yeah. They- reverse, reverse curse? Reverse, reverse curse? I'm so confused. That's like in now.
1: football. It's like, oh, it was a double reverse. It's like, no, no, that was a, just a single reverse because he went the other way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, coming up. The Cougars scores a touchdown on opening weekend in the XFL.
0: And former BYU basketball head coach Steve Cleveland on. If he's with Mark Pope and being frustrated after the Cougars watched a big lead get down to seven. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Join us tomorrow night for BYU basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Connor Harding. Sit down with Greg Rubel, and Deep Blue takes you behind the scenes of T.J. Haas' St. Mary's weekend, preparing for that game and the birth of his first child. Watch the show on the BYU TV app tomorrow, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, tomorrow night.
0: We're doing it live on a Monday in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is our pleasure to welcome in on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline former BYU basketball head coach, Steve Cleveland. Coach, BYU was up 25 points on a pretty good San Francisco team with about 15 minutes left in the game. That lead got cut down to seven, and the trend of BYU giving up big leads and not keeping their foot on the gas kind of continued. It made Mark Pope really upset. Where do you stand on that situation? Are are you concerned about what you saw late in the game?
2: Well, it, it's happened twice and against the same opponent. I remember they were up 14 with 15 minutes to go at USF, and, and USF goes on a 21-0 run, and they get it close. you has a chance, and USF ends up winning at the free throw line. This was a little bit different. They're up 25 and at home, and between fouls, turnovers, quick shots, a variety of things. There's just a lot of slippage, for and all of a sudden it's 82-75 with two and a half minutes to go, and Thank goodness Yoli and Jake hit two big threes. But you know what? As a coach, it's a great opportunity. Obviously, he's going to be upset, and uh, it's a time where everybody understands how important these games are. So I'm sure that uh, Coach Pope made his message real clear in the locker room, and probably <laughs> did in practice. And uh, th- th- you know, it, it, as long as you find out a way to find a way to win those games, it's okay. But uh, certainly, there has been a little bit of trend, especially against USF. So. They're going to have to get that tightened up and uh, take better care of the ball and uh, finish possessions at both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively.
1: Yoli Childs goes off for 32 points, coach. Uh, another tremendous performance from Yoli. How have you seen him evolve this season?
2: First of all, I think a lot of it is just his. It's all of the intangibles. I, you know, I listen to Yoli. It's like I'm listening to a different person in a post game or a pre game show. His maturity, his perspective. I mean, he's taken off – You know, I think he and Jake Toulson have taken on leadership roles, as well as TJ has been there a long time. But he, he just has a perspective that's different. He's not in a hurry. He's much more patient. He can step out and, and knock a three down, which uh, opens the floor up for everybody. And he's just so doggone explosive and confident that, uh, you know, he, he truly is one of the top five or six post guys. And he's a little undersized. But uh, he's really a special player. And I think all of the experiences over the last four years, the highs and lows and the fact that a lot of people never even think he's going to come back for his senior year, he just seems really calm and in the moment and doesn't seem to be bothered by much. So he's a really special guy on this basketball team.
0: Averaging 22 points, 9 rebounds a game, albeit in about half of the season due to a suspension and injury. Speaking of injuries, Yoli Child's friend Gavin Baxter returns to help bolster that front court. Plays a few minutes. His redshirt opportunity is done for this season. What do you expect from Gavin Baxter over the final games in the regular season and into the always critical postseason play?
2: You know, I think, first of all, you know you're going to get a great effort. He's hungry. He's wanting to play. He's been in practice every day. He's gone to the game. So it's not like he's got to learn a system. But there is a transition, and that and coaching staff will have to figure out how to use him. And the obvious things whether it's foul trouble with Biggs, with Yoli, he can come in. It'll be how he fits in offensively. You know, and I know that from what I hear that he's shooting the three really well in practice, but it's another thing to do it in a game when you haven't played in a long time. So the most important thing that he can do is defend and rebound and get the ball in the glass and finish, have a presence at the rim. All of those things will help this team, I think, and he, I, this coaching staff's really good. He has to be really careful about doing too much, and it, that he, he's not expected they don't, they don't need him to be a great offensive player. Hey, if he gets a wide open three and knocks one down, great, but he, he's got to do all the blue collar stuff to help this team because he gives them depth. He only gets tired, gets in foul trouble, you know they, they just need another big and, a, and an active big like him will really help them coming down the road.
1: Jake Tulson continues to impress. In league play, he's shooting 57% from three, 49% for the whole season. He's a guy that helped carry the load while Yoli Childs was out and injured. Uh, what do you have to say about Jake Tulson? what he's meant to this team this year?
2: He is one of the most mentally tough guys I've ever seen. I, I'd compare him <laughs> to Travis, uh, who I coached. Uh, he just has a mental toughness that is—it's had an impact on this team. And it's not just a desire to win, but it's the desire to do it the right way. And, and that toughness has been really important besides the fact that offensively and defensively, he's been great. And, but I, I, think the things that make him really special here is his leadership between he and Yoli and, and TJ, you have a player led team and you don't every, te- you know, not every year do you get teams like that. That's what you want. But, uh, the other thing I think too is that, you know, playing in the whack. You know, really at BYU and was there, not much having, playing the whack, not a lot of respect. This is a young man that can play at the next level. I mean, he's got size, he, he's got a high basketball IQ, and can really shoot it. There's a place for guys like that at the next level. So nobody ever really kind of looked at him in that perspective, but there are people watching him. And he's a very, very talented young man uh, in terms of the intelligibles as well as the the skill set.
0: Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. Three weeks to go for BYU in the regular season, and now the Cougars are alone in second place by one game over St. Mary's and Pacific. Coach, are you all in on BYU finishing second and taking that double bye into the semifinals in the West Coast Conference Tournament?
2: You know, everything that I've seen in the past, tells me, yes, that they, they, they have, even if they lose to the Zags, which I honestly believe they have a great opportunity to win, but let's just say they do, uh, you know, they probably end up 12-4. and four. The Pepperdine game is a one game that kind of scares me, but I just don't think Pepperdine defends well enough, even though they're very good offensively, and I don't think they have the depth even at home. We, we've said that before, and Pepperdine surprised everybody, but I see BYU finishing in second place at 12-4. At worst, I, I do believe they have a chance to beat the Zags, uh, then, you know, the funny thing is, St. Mary's has always been the talk of what's going on, and I think they'll finish third, but Pacific's tied with them. And they St. Mary's and Pacific play each other, so unlikely that Pacific beats them at St. Mary's, but you're probably, St. Mary's takes the two spot, and, uh, and uh, excuse me, the three spot, and Pacific takes the fourth spot. So that's how I see it playing out. I think there's just too much leadership. There's too much maturity here for BYU to get beaten games that uh, that they're supposed to win. And when you look at their schedule, I'm not saying going to LMU or San Diego. I mean, this is not nearly the team San Diego was last year. Both these teams only score 65 points a game. I just don't think they can make enough baskets unless there was some unforeseen foul trouble, injury, or some other circumstance that uh, you couldn't control.
1: Yeah, Pacific at St. Mary's is a big one this Saturday. Let's finish with this. BYU is the top three-point shooting team in the country in third Overall in shooting, we've always thought BYU should be a great shooting team, but this year they really are perhaps the greatest shooting team in BYU history. Why is that this season?
2: It starts with talent, number one. You do have really good shooters, and you have seniors. So they've been doing this for four years, and they've gotten better and better. The other thing is that a system has been developed here by Coach Pope and his assistants to their strengths. And having great three-point shooters is fine, but if they're always contested, one thing you'll notice, of how many uncontested threes do they have because of penetration, because of an inside presence with Yoli Childs, where people have to double on him, where you kick it back out one more, one more, everybody's got their feet squared. Oh, they take a lot of threes that aren't contested because of their offensive system and how well they execute what, what we asked for them to do. So a big part of it is the talent and the ability to, to actually shoot it, I think the, the experience doing it for three or four or five years, and then you've you, you got to look at this system and go, how is this happening? Well, they have got great personnel, and they've got great ball movement. They're a selfless team. They share the ball. All of those things lend themselves to being really good offensively, and, and they check all those boxes, and that's why it's been so consistent.
0: Coach, let's say that the projections win out and the numbers uh, give us the results that we think will happen from BYU. The Cougars beat everybody except Gonzaga to finish out the regular season. They are second place. They win the semifinal and they get back to the championship game and lose to Gonzaga in Vegas. At that juncture, what seed would you give BYU in the NCAA tournament bracket?
2: Well, most opponents are looking at them as a 7 or 8 seed right now, so I I think if they get to the finals of the WCC tournament, which means they beat St. Mary's again, and like you said, that scenario plays out, you know, they're probably going to be a 5 or 6 seed. Um, I know they got votes today, significant votes, uh, 43 votes I think is what I heard. Uh, They could be a top 25 team. They'll certainly be a top 25 team if they beat Gonzaga here in a a bit, but... uh, no, I think they're going to look at a, be looking at a great seed. I think right now they're a seven to nine, and like you said, if the scenarios don't play out like that, and all of a sudden they get, uh, you know, they have they get beat by Gonzaga and have a you know, get they don't, they get beat by St. Mary's, let's say in the semis, then that starts looking like maybe more of a ten or eleven seed. Perfect. Let's so do that. Still, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's still a lot of basketball to be played, and uh, but I, I think it plays out where there's somewhere going to be somewhere between a six and a and a ten seed and we'll see what happens. But it's a great position to be in, and uh, you don't want to play BYU. I mean, I'm just telling you right now. You're coming from a P5 conference, and there's an expectation for you to win a game. Uh, this is not the team I'd want to match up against.
0: Coach, great to catch up with you. Thanks for bringing your swagger on a Monday. You bet, bud. Take care, guys. All right, Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
1: Mail it in, get to that 10, 11, or 12 seed. <laughs> that's where I want to be. I, I, but because it's more likely that BYU is going to be 10, 11, or 12 than it is
0: 5, 6, 7 but what if what if they are a 6 now a that, 6 would now, be great
1: now we're talking I don't think that BYU is going to be a 6 I just don't
0: even if they beat St. Mary's and everybody else except Gonzaga
1: that'd be nice oh, I think be they'll nice. be
0: right there Right there,
1: <sighs> need uh, Utah State and Virginia Tech and whatnot to help out BYU.
0: Utah State's top fifty right now, so that's a quad one win.
1: Yeah, that became a quad one again. Mm-hmm. Good job, Aggies. What happened until now? Coming <laughs> up, it's baseball <laughs> season this week. Believe it. Head coach Mike Littlewood will be in the studio.
0: And if you missed the official AP poll, where is BYU ranked, Jerem? Can, can we just make it a more, no. than, more than a top twenty? No, it's not. I'm fine. This is BYU Sports Nation. Top 20, Ken Pump. Come on.
1: If you like listening, you can listen to our program on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, it's on demand. I iTunes, like listening. Tune in. Or good, what? And Google Play. Enjoy on demand. You can subscribe, rate, and uh, if you want, please review.
0: We've said this a few times, but if you listen to it at half speed, it is really quite, funny. It's quite humorous. It's hilarious. <laughs> It'll take you a long time, but it's hilarious. For, worth the hour 40? No, no. No, no, It's only funny for about three minutes, and it's just three annoying. Three minutes? And it's annoying.
1: Like thirty <laughs> seconds, maybe.
0: <laughs> that is Jerem Jordan. I le-
1: I'm a 1.5 or 2x yeah. podcast listener. That's
0: how you can consume yeah. so much.
1: Yeah. Well, I used to l- listen to a lot more. I've I've chilled now.
0: Cool, though. And I am Spencer Linton. It's great to have you with us on BOA Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling with the whip.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Cougars beat San Francisco 90 76. Everybody's freaking out about a 14 point win. Led by Yoli Childs, 32 points. Gavin Baxter made his debut, played two and a half minutes Woo! more than I did. T.J. Haas made three threes, tying him for second all-time with Jonathan Tavernari with the most games with three three three-point makes. BYU plays at LMU Thursday. Cougars just outside this week's AP Top 25. Within the hour, we found out BYU with 43 votes, sitting four out in the poll. 29th! Which brings us to our stat of the day.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the
1: day. The last time BYU was ranked in the AP Men's Basketball Top 25 poll was March Fourteenth, 2011. BYU was ranked 10th. Uh, near the end of the season. It wasn't the final poll, but that's the last time. So if BYU cracks the top 25 in the next couple of weeks before, say, the Gonzaga game, because BYU would drop a little bit if they lose that game. If they win, bang, definitely in. But it's been nine years.
0: Think about that. It would be wild to have a top 25 game in Provo with BYU and Gonzaga. That'd be awesome. Hey, college game Game day. day? Come to Provo. Question mark? Gonzaga and BYU.
1: Some people don't even know that they do a college basketball game day.
0: Everybody would know if that happened. (laughs) I sure as heck haven't watched it. But they do it. The tent city at the Marriott Center would return. Yeah.
1: Oh, there's t- – yeah, Tent City exists. Okay. Students are good.
0: Hey, right. 29th, man. <laughs> Women's basketball. BYU, oh, loses to San Diego 51-45. Hurts, no doubt about it. Paisley Johnson at 19 points. The Cougars will play St. Mary's on Thursday, who just beat Gonzaga and handed the Zags their first conference loss. Okay.
1: Volleyball Number two, Brigham beats number eight, Pepperdine, in four sets. A pin-hitting trio of Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, Davide Gardini, and Zach Eschenberg combined for 36 kills. BYU 12-0 and now, tied for the second-best start in program history with the 08 season. They good. It's also the 100th win for your boy, Sean Olmstead. Congrats. The Cougars play at Grand Canyon Friday night.
0: Track and field. Elise Romney sets a school record for BYU, winning the pole vault and clearing 4.31 meters. What does that mean? At the Nike Boise Indoorby, that is 14 feet, 1 and 3 quarters inches. Yeah. I'm an an imperial
1: guy. All right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Track and field. We'll go to Seattle for the Husky Classic and the Texas Tech Shootout in Lubbock, Texas. Both meets Friday, February 14th and run through the 15th. She is Baylor Romney's wife. No, it's the other way. I mean,
1: yeah. Baylor Romney is is Elise Romney's husband. husband, That's how I would say that. Correct. Yeah.
2: Gymnastics.
1: Number 16, Gymnastics put up a 196 6 to 5, the third straight meet with the 196 plus. Beating Sacramento State. Take that, Hornets. On the floor, the Cougars posted a season high 49.425. Shannon Evans won the all-around with a 39.375 in her first all-around of the year. Cougars back on BYU TV Saturday, 9 Eastern against Boise. State. Softball.
0: Loses three to one in a hard fought game against Oregon on Friday night and then take number three Oklahoma down to the wire, but lose three to one in the Puerto Vallarta College Challenge in Mexico. BYU did open the season with wins over George Washington and Nevada, so they're two and two next at San Diego State in the Campbell Cartier Tournament on Thursday.
1: Football. Colby Pearson caught a touchdown for the New York Guardians in a 23-3 win over the Tampa Bay Vipers. Those are real teams. It's the XFL. This, this. is the XFL. DeAndre Wesley, former BYU lineman and the D.C. Defenders, along with former BYU linebacker Kurt Govea as the linebacker's coach, beat the Seattle Dragons, a.k.a. the Trogdors, 31-19 over the weekend. Tijon Kroma on the Houston Roughnecks beat the L.A. Wildcats 37-17 over the weekend as well, and Tomasi Lalile and the Dallas Renegades of Funk Lost to the St. Louis Battle Hawks. the village. The, and the peasants. 15-9 <laughs> over the weekend. Those are all real teams in the XFL.
0: Cougars in pro hoops. Elijah Bryant had 7 points, 4 assists, couple of rebounds in the Maccabi Tel Aviv. 78-77 win over Fenerbahce.
1: <laughs> Jimmer. Had 9 points in the Greek League All-Star game. No uh, determination as to whether they consume Greek yogurt during it or if they just call it yogurt. He also put up 18 points in the three-point contest, but did not advance out of the first round.
0: I think we're burying the lead here, Jerem, because of a stunt that was pulled in the BYU basketball game on Saturday night.
1: Coming up, the BYU video that went viral Uh yesterday via Cosmito.
0: And BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood. What does he think of us picking him to finish sixth in the West Coast Conference? We think it's a great thing. This is BYU Sports Nation. We are?
1: I'm not associated with this. (laughs)
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Thursday night, BYU women's hoops looks to sweep the season series with Santa Maria for the first time in four years. Thursday night, nine Eastern on
0: BYU TV. Joining us in Studio B, the head baseball coach at Brigham Young University, Mike Littlewood, fan favorite. Best looking dude on the set here. No question. Yeah. No question about that. (laughs) And no and no pressure coach uh, with that introduction oh, coming Mike. in. It's baseball season. Welcome back right?
3: guys. Yeah, oh, thanks for having me. It's
1: awesome. I can't believe we've arrived to baseball season already. It, uh, it always catches me because I'm thinking majors, you know, March and yeah. Here we are in February, you're going to play.
3: Different schedule, but you know, for us we've been going since September 8th. Uh, we took December off 4 weeks and other than that we've been just pounding away um getting ready to go. So it's yeah, it's here. This week, Hey,
0: that's great and all, but we've picked you to finish sixth in the conference. (laughs) Perfect. Thank (laughs) you. Explain the sixth thing. It feels like every time BYU is picked to finish sixth, they win the conference.
3: Anything but first. We do not want to be picked first. You don't? No. Okay, so Gonzaga was the preseason pick, so you were happy. I was happy about that, yeah. The the last time we were picked to finish first, we took last. And so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the first and only time that both those things have happened and so we do not want to be picked first yeah. so you're
1: picked second right i think we're picked second in. we,
3: what's interesting is we got five first place votes and so there's someone in the league and i don't i don't care i mean somebody told me this i honestly didn't i never look at that stuff but uh, somebody brought it to my attention that somebody in the league, probably one or at least two teams, had to have voted us last. Yes, and I kind of probably know who that is. Um, <laughs> and, and that's okay. That's all right. I love so that they, about baseball. They so actually much. helped us. They took us out of that first place spot. Uh, yeah. Put us right where we we're comfortable, second place.
1: <laughs> now you've won the league three of the last four years, and last year was a banner year. Uh, you ranked for half the year, and and you have the highest win percentage since '93. How do you how do you build off that? Because you did lose some good players.
3: Well, I mean, I. I Last year was so special because it wasn't, you know, I, I don't think we were any more talented than we ever have been, but it last year was really with the mantra all in. I mean, that it's kind of a catchphrase now, but I, I do want to say we started that a couple years ago and with our team only, and guys bought in last year, and it, it's a cultural thing. I mean, it really is. Guys are playing for each other. Um, they, they love one another. They truly did. They wanted to, you know, they everybody on the team had the same goals, and I feel like even though we're pretty young this year, they, this team loves one another. They're, they're great guys. There's a good vibe about it, and I mean, those of us in athletics know how important that is. Yep. talent The talent level can take you so far, but that, that mental side, it's probably 80% of the game at this level.
1: And we're seeing it with the men's basketball team. Mark Pope has said, we have the best locker room in America, and we're seeing the difference on the court, right? No
3: doubt. I love how how Coach Pope's teams play. They play with passion, energy. You know, you know that they're playing for one another, and they're playing for Coach Pope and everybody in the organization, and um, it just you, – you can't overstate how important that is. You just really can't. And when you have a year like we did two years ago when everything was a struggle and it was because of the cultural thing. But, um, yeah, I, I like where our team's at. We're young, but uh, we're ready to play. How much can you control
1: that? Because if it feels like a yeah. lot – you can say things and you can enact certain rules, Right. It almost feels like the players have to actually execute.
3: Them. They they have to. You know, we, we do some things like river rafting trip to Moab and we paintballing. We can't paintball anymore because it's, somebody got shot in the <laughs> eye. Not on our team, but um, oh. we do we do a lot of those different. We had a magician come in um, to one of our boosters houses last last week and just try to do five or six or seven things throughout the fall up to now. That's what we can do. Uh, we can talk about. Uh, we stole um, a, a little thing from football and Coach Kalani. Um, we call it the Triple H, where guys get up there and do a little presentation. You guys have probably seen it. Um, they're hero and, and hardship and highlight of their lives. And so guys get to know each other on a different level. Um, but that's what we can do. We can't control when they go to basketball games. together. What I love is when I go to the basketball game, there's probably 12 to 14 guys that are that sitting near my seats, or I think they're probably seat poaching, but um, they're together. <laughs> you know, they're, they're together, and it's, it's really unique, and, and it's, you have to have that to have a winning team.
0: BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood on BYU Sports Nation. You have a top 25 recruiting class. You mentioned you're young, but you're bringing in a ton of talent. How are you doing this in a typical non-baseball place where there is cold weather in a real winter?
3: well i mean i think we just have so much to offer uh, our field number one uh turf field heat you know, heating system underneath it we've been outside besides last week uh we've, we've been outside every single day through the snow and and uh, it, so it's that's amazing. one. our facilities are are top notch and i think our program's doing the doing the right things we're sending guys to pro ball and so we have a lot to offer that way uh, i don't think too many guys worry about the weather at all um and so I just think if if you just keep plugging away and keep putting the work in and, and develop players, that's what they wanna do and, and they, they see other guys going to play pro ball and, and going deep in pro ball and we got a bunch of guys that are they don't just they're not just one and done, they're going and playing for a few years and so uh we got a good thing going right now. Just gotta keep going.
1: Let's talk about the pitching depth. It feels like there's a good group there of returners with Justin Sterner and Easton Walker and Reed McLaughlin and Drew Zimmerman, Jared Lesser, Mitch McIntyre. Then you had a
3: guy by the name of Cy Nielsen. Yeah, yeah, a pitcher yeah. named Cy. That is fantastic. It's awesome. And, and we were talking before um, I came on. Cy, he's the whole package. He'll be our number uh, two starter. He'll start against New Mexico and we, we see him throwing Friday nights for us uh, this year. So Sterner will throw the first game and um, Cy will throw the second game and probably Easton Walker will, will go that third game. So pretty good starting rotation. But Cy's a left-hander from Spanish Fork. Uh, pitches with a lot of maturity. He, he'll sit 92-94. Uh, slider's like 80-83 with a good changeup. I mean, he's he's the real deal. He's a freshman. There's going to be some growing pains there. But uh, talent, makeup, he's, he's the real – the name. I mean, how can, how can you go wrong? He was born to pitch, and he's <laughs> yeah. lefty? That's no amazing. doubt. It's awesome. Yeah. You probably just answered this question, but what is the strength of this team? Pitching, no doubt. Um, I, I think talent is, is one strength. Um, somebody asked me the other day, what's, what, I think it was Jason Shepard, what are you most excited about and what are you most anxious about? And it's the exact same thing. Uh, we're super talented, so I'm, I'm excited about that, but we're super young. Um, and so that gives me ang- a little bit of anxiety. But the guys that you mentioned on the mound um, and Mitch on the, on the defensive side, Deming on the defensive side, Abe, Abe Valdez on the defensive side, are going to hopefully be that core that bring those young guys. But our strength is is clearly pitching. We faced uh, Utah in the fall, 15 innings. We threw 15 different pitchers, and all of them were just lights out. I really think we have 12, to 12 13, 14 options this year where we usually have seven or eight. Have you Uh, ever
0: been in that situation? Never,
3: never. And guys (laughs) will come out. There's not a guy that we're going to run. There's not a guy on our staff right now that's going to be, well, let's see how he does. Every guy is, if they bring their best stuff, can get outs all day long. So I have a walk on McKay Johnson out of Atlanta, 6'6 right-hander that's going to run it up there, 94, 96. Um, Carter Smith out of of, uh, Sky Ridge is, you know, he'll 94. 294, sinking fastball. So we we have really, really good options. That's
1: exciting. Um, how's Jaron Hall doing?
3: He's doing great. Um, you know, Jaron's dealing with a little bit of a sore back. I think the rotational stuff come out of football um, with and swinging. BYU when they were two <laughs> Exactly, yeah. yeah. But um, we, we went down to St. George and practiced, and uh, the, the guy I just mentioned, McKay Johnson, threw a 92-mile-an-hour fastball, and Jaron turned it around and hit it about 345 feet down the left field line uh, for a home run. He just, man, he's... And we've talked about this before. He's, he's such a great athlete. Um, he needs more at-bats. That's the one. He just needs some more live at-bats. But, but man, what a quality person. Um, and if he doesn't play one inning this year, he's, he's a guy that you want on your team. And, and I think he'll, he'll be really good for us.
0: You've got a unique early season schedule that includes Gonzaga, but in a non-conference scenario. And then you play six games against New Mexico. How <laughs> yeah. did those things happen?
3: Well, we got in the, we agreed to be in the Oregon State Tournament uh, a long time ago and didn't know the other teams. And then they came back and said, hey, um, you get to play Gonzaga first. And we were already locked into it. And it's really not that big of a deal. I don't like it a whole lot. Um... It's just, it's just weird. I guess that's the best. It's just kind of weird and strange. But then New Mexico's the other opponent. We already had New Mexico scheduled at New Mexico the third week of the season for four games. And they said, hey, the other team's New Mexico. And so that happens sometimes. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, hey, we'll, early, we just want to get innings. We want to get work. and And we want to win games, too. So... Um, that'll be a good matchup to open up the season, though.
1: Yeah, Friday, 7 Eastern, uh, 4 Pacific on BYU Radio. You can listen uh, from Surprise, Arizona. So yeah. Let's go. Absolutely, let's do it.
3: Let's give you some it's BYU game Sports Nation karma. Take it. It's baseball You're going to need let's that go. karma
0: to survive Jason Shepard. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs>
3: oh, Are you cool. obligated to mention him, by the way? Well, we didn't tell him. He's dri- actually driving. He's not on the flight. <laughs> so I, tell him? I got to tell him that today. Let's Sam. So. Oh, and he's in another hotel. I didn't tell him that either. Whoops. <laughs> I'll let him know that today. Maybe you guys oh, could that's tell him that. hilarious. Mike Littlewood of the uh,
0: projected he knows sixth death. place yeah. BYU baseball team. Yeah, six,
1: sixth place BYU.
0: Coach, great day. Thanks, have Mike. You. Thanks,
1: guys. Okay, coming up, the dunk of dunks from Cosmo. If you missed this, this went viral yesterday.
0: Uh, and finally, we had a pretty solid and one scenario against San Francisco. for yourself, I've been doing all fine. This is BYU Sports Nation. I had a five point lead. I've been
1: doing just fine, bro.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a winning Monday. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And the show is on demand via the BYU TV BYU radio apps. Just a, just a click. Learn it.
0: One little click. Let's go and one. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. Two points for the first pick if you get that right, and then you have a chance at a bonus point with your and-one selection. Going into the San Francisco game, Jerem held a 34-29 lead in our head-to-head contest. I'll go first. TJ Haas will have six-plus assists for my two-pointer. Just got it. He had seven. Nailed it. And one. BYU will never trail in the second half. I got a little bit nervous about this late, but never felt like BYU was in real danger of losing the game. Got down to seven when they were up by 25 at one point. So I go two for two.
1: My by two-pointer, BYU will get a 14-plus point lead and will not lose the game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so BYU won. They did blow that lead, though. Like, down to seven, right? Uh, Do some of that! And one! Yeah, largest lead was 25. And I said Gavin Baxter would play. He hadn't played. Said he would play. He tweeted out on Friday night, if this tweet gets 99 likes, I'll play. 99's nothing.
0: It probably got like 990 likes.
1: Yeah, yeah probably 10 times that. So, yeah, we uh, we both got all of our uh, points, all three. So 37-32 is the score.
0: If it comes down to it, as we get closer to the end of the season, I'm going to have to go head-to-head with you on some things because... We can't both get them right <laughs> if I have any hope of winning. Right. It's I can't like, trade baskets with it, you. That's
1: called playing defense in this because yeah. you could just play off it, right? Yeah. yeah. There's no special teams here. So.
0: Congratulations. You're winning hey, you by too. five. too. <laughs> Our question of the day. Uh, will BYU basketball be ranked in the final AP poll of the season? Why or why not? Hashtag BYUSN. Our elite okay. voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Result from at Twiggy Stone. I think they will. This is based on the fact that I believe BYU can beat everyone but Gonzaga and make it to the Gonzaga Invitational Championship game. Thank you, Jerem Jordan, for that. Yeah. If that does not happen, BYU will stay just outside of the top
1: 25. Yeah. i Keep going. Yeah. Uh, Today's Rising shout out. Uh, Cosmo, what a dunk. In case you missed it, here it is. Uh, Cosmo dunked from the three point line. They've done this before, but this went viral yesterday. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) He's 24 feet out and they launch him into the air. He catches it. He's like above the backboard when he catches the ball. And then dunks it. Everyone tweeted about this yesterday. This is
0: amazing. So many things can go wrong at this point.
1: Yes. And but they didn't because Cosmo is the greatest mascot in the history of mascots. In slow motion, it's oh. so awesome. And he makes the dunk. It's not like he didn't break his back, right? Yeah. Like, just not breaking your back would have been an accomplishment.
0: We're glad you're healthy. And we're glad that Cosmo's you gave us another awesome. viral moment. Everybody knows BYU's mascot. Yeah. Um, my rising shout-out goes to Colby Pearson, who burst back onto the football scene in the XFL. He caught a touchdown in a New York Guardians win. It's great to see Colby playing football. He's still going. That's awesome, man. Our thanks to today's guest, Mike Littlewood, the BYU baseball coach, and former head basketball coach Steve Cleveland.
1: Sorry to Dennis Pitt in no time.
0: Yeah. Bye. <laughs> so abrupt. For Jerem, Like Dennis' career at the end. I am Spencer. Shout-out to Jake Schoaf. We'll see you for BY Sports Nation tomorrow, noon Eastern.